You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Good evening, sir. Ah, good evening. How's the wife? This way, Mr. Alt. Ah, another night at the playhouse. Just in time, really, as the heat from the day is just starting to cool the streets. It's going to be another excellent performance for Sonic Summerstock. Oh, there's the signal to get to our seats. I think... Yeah, I'm sitting near the middle tonight. Um, oh dear, that's even worse. Uh, excuse me, um, yeah, I know. Yes, madam, I should have come in earlier. Yep, sorry. Yep. In our second engagement at the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, we have the CNY Table Reads group presenting It's a Wonderful Life, the famous Christmas movie that starred James Stewart. Scott Moshaw produced this performance. And if that name is familiar, You'll find he's been working with EVP for some time now on various projects, not least of which is the upcoming The Most Dangerous Game adaptation. Yeah, well, more on that later. Now for tonight's feature, It's a Wonderful Life. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we bring you one of the season's most inspiring hits, It's a Wonderful Life. The drama of a typical American. It might be you. It might be me. He dreams of glory. He lives in hope. He loves and doubts. And only Providence puts a final value on his service to humanity. This is the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. George Bailey, who more than anything under the sun wanted to see the world. The wonderful, exciting world that lay somewhere beyond the limits of his hometown. Oddly enough, this story does not begin in Bedford Falls. In fact... It doesn't begin anywhere in the world. It begins... in heaven, where the superintendent of angels has just summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence. Oh, I'm really going down to Earth, sir? Oh, how splendid. Yes, uh, there's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence. George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time, he's thinking seriously of ending his life. Oh, dear, dear, his life? I want you to stop him if you can. Now, sit down, sit down. I'll give you a Bailey's case history. Sir, if I should accomplish my mission, may I perhaps get my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and, well, people are beginning to talk. Clarence, what's that book? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job with George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Now listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you should keep in mind. 
One was when his young brother Harry fell through the ice and almost drowned. George saved him. Brother fell through the ice. George saved him? Ever since, George has had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand? Bad ear. Yes, sir. The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower's only son died of influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey. Where have you been, George? Mrs. Blaine's called twice. What happened to her prescription? You lost it, didn't you? No, Mr. Gower, here it is. Why, you good for nothing. Don't you know the Blaine girl's very sick? Mr. Gower, you're hurting my sore I'll ear. teach you to loaf, you lazy brat. Mr. Gower, you didn't know what you were doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. Shut up! I know you feel bad, but look, Mr. Gower. Look, this bottle you used to make up the capsules, it's poison. Poison? Don't hurt my sore ear, Mr. Gower. Poison? Oh, George. It's why I didn't deliver, Mr. Gower. All I wanted was to make sure. George! George! Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association. Oh, I forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's Uncle Billy, high ideals and low bank account. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to see him through the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. Got a job on a cattle boat, do a little traveling before college. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's hard to realize it's my last night at the Bailey boarding house. We're sure going to miss you, George. I'm going to miss you too, Pop. Hey, what's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Oh, I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up. So did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. He can't begin to spend all the money he has. I guess Potter owns everything he wants in Bedford Falls. Except our building and loan. That's why he hates us. Hey, George! Can I borrow your tuxedo studs? Yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they? In your suitcase? No, I'm not taking a tuxedo in a cattle boat, you know. Say, where'd you get that suitcase anyway? Oh, Mr. Gower. Going away present. One of these days you're going to see the bag all covered with travel labels. Italy and Baghdad and Samarkand. Gonna have a pretty full summer, huh? I'm going to have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? What, and be bored to death? Well, you couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls. Hey, I gotta hurry. I wish we could send Harry to college with you. We've got that all figured out now, Pop. He'll take my job at the building and loan, work four years like I did, then he'll go. He's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. Maybe you were born older, George. Huh? George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the building and loan? Oh, no, now, Pop, I... I just couldn't. I couldn't face being cooped up for the rest of my life in a shabby little office. Oh, I'm sorry, Pop. 
I, I didn't mean that, but it's just this business of nickels and dimes. I'd go crazy. I want to do something big, something important. In a small way, we, we are doing something important. George, in that shabby little office, we help people figure out how they own their own homes. I, I know, Pop. I, I just wish I felt that I... But I, I just feel like if I, I didn't get away, I'd bust. You're right, boy. You get yourself an education. Then you get out of here. Oh, Pop. Pop, do you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. Well, thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Look, um, uh, why don't you go over to Harry's dance? You'll have a good time. Well, I don't know. Maybe I will drop in. Maybe I will at that. So George Bailey went to a dance. Is that important, Joseph? Why, it was the dance he met Mary Hatch. Oh. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. As a matter of fact, wonderful. Buffalo, Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight and dance by the light of the moon? Hot dog! Beautiful. Boy, just like an organ. At least. Gee whiz, you know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? I don't know. Maybe I will. How old are you anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen? Too young or too old? Oh, no. Just right. Sort of fits you. Hey, look where we are. Hmm? Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, I gotta throw a rock. Oh, no, don't. I love that old house. Don't you know about deserted houses? You make a wish, and then you throw a rock. George, but it's such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there. In there? I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Now watch, watch this. Here we go. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window, huh? What did you wish, George? Oh, I don't know. Not just one wish, a whole hatful. Mary, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. And then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. And then I'm going to... Hey, hey, Mary. What is it you want? What do you want, huh? You want the moon? All you got to do is just say the word and I'll... Okay. The moon. I'll take it. Then what? Then what? Well, well, then you could swallow it and it dissolve like aspirin, you know? And the moonbeams shoot out of your fingers and the ends of your hair and... And, uh, you think I'm talking too much? Yes. Why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? How's that? Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey, hey, just a minute, mister. Hey, you come back here, and I'll show you some kissing that'll... George. George. Hey, Uncle Billy. Look here, I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch. George, get in the car, quick. Your father's had a stroke. What? What? George, hurry. Well, George's father died that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. 
But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor to Mr. Bailey. A successor to our dear friend, Peter Bailey. What was that you said, Mr. Potter? I said as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building alone. We don't need it. Now, wait a minute. No, you wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Ideals without common sense can ruin a town. What do we get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. Now hold on, Mr. Potter. I meant no disrespect, George, but... Now wait a minute there. Why my father ever started this cheap penny-ante building and loan, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about... They do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling. That's what you're talking about. Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can borrow dollars without crawling to you. Now, come on, Uncle Billy. What happened, George? Yeah, all we heard was a lot of yelling. Boy, oh boy, you should have heard George. Yeah, they're in there voting us out of business. Who cares? I can get another job. I'm only 41. 45. Will you get out of here, George? You missed your boat trip. You want to miss college, too? George! Yes, we just voted Potter down. We're still in business. Whoopee! We're still in business. We're still in business. But there's one condition. George, they've appointed you to take your father's place. Appointed me? But uh, I'm going to college. Look, this is my last chance. Uncle Billy, he, he's your man. George, you've got to take it. They, they'll vote with Potter, otherwise... They said so. They, they... I know. George Bailey didn't go to college. That's right, Clarence. He gave his college money to Harry. Harry went instead. Yes, but what happened to that good-looking girl? You know, Mary? Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went to school, too. Anyway, George waited four years more for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. He could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields, Venezuela. Except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him, his wife. George? Yeah, I'm out here on the porch, Mother. Just thought I'd get some air. Well, how do you like your new sister-in-law? She's swell. Looks like she can keep Harry on his toes. Yeah. Keep him out of Bedford Falls, anyway. What do you mean? Well, Ruth's father, he's got a wonderful job for Harry up in Buffalo. Buffalo? Yeah. Well, that means you... you can't... Yeah. George, did you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Hmm? Yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Hmm. Oh, stop grunting. Ah. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about her. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, now, how do you know that? 
did she discuss it with you? How do you? Besides, Sam is away in New York. And all's fair in love and war. Oh, all right, I see. Okay, mother, I think I'll go out and find that girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George. Goodbye, Mrs. Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library? Library, George. George, you go and see Mary. Do you hear? George, is that you out there? Oh, uh, hello, Mary. Well, are you coming in? I just happened to be passing by. Oh, I thought you were picketing. Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Your mother just phoned. She said you were coming over. My mother just... I just happened to be passing by. That's all. Well... Well, all right. I'll, I'll come in for a minute. I didn't tell anybody I was coming over here. A fella can't even go for a walk without... When did you get back? Tuesday. Where'd you get that dress? Do you like it? It's all right. Well, no point standing here on the porch. Come on in. I still can't understand it. I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. Would you rather leave? No, I, I don't want to be rude. I'll sit down for a while. It's nice about your brother and Ruth, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Don't you like her? Well, of course I like her. She's a peach. Oh, it's just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about, huh? No, marriage is all right for a lot of people. It's all right for Harry, Sam Wainwright, and you. For Sam? Mary, it's George Bailey, Mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Me? Not a thing, not a thing. I, I, I just came in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, Mother. You just tell him to go right back home. Sam said he'd call you tonight from New York, didn't he? I guess so. How about some music? You know, your mother needn't... You know, I, I didn't come here to... What did you come here for? I don't know. You're supposed to be the one that has all the answers. You tell me. Oh, why don't you go home? I don't know why I came here in the first place. Good night. Good night. The telephone, Mary. The way you're shouting, you, you think that... You'd think what? Mary! All right, I'll get it. George, on your way out, would you mind shutting off the phonograph? I'd be very happy to. Doggone crazy song. Hello? Sam? Mary? Gee, it's good to hear your voice. How are you, Sam? I forgot my hat. Hee-haw! What? I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Old Mossback George? Old Mossback George. Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second. George! He doesn't want to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him. Did you call me? Because if you did, I'm in a hurry. Sam wants to talk to you. Oh, um, hiya, Sam. Hey, a fine pal you are. Trying to steal my girl? What do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, Mary, take the phone. No, wait. Wait, George. I want to speak to you both. Tell Mary to get on the extension upstairs. He says to get on the extension upstairs. I can't. Mother's on the extension. I am not. We can both hear. Just put your head a little closer. There. That's better. We're listening, Sam. Well... I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that time you told me about making 
plastics out of soybeans? Soybeans? Yeah, yeah, soybeans, yeah. Well, my father's checked into it, see? And, and now he's going to put up a factory. How do you like that? Factory, huh? And here's the point, George. I may have a job for you, unless you're still married to that broken-down building and loan. Mary? I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime, you hear? He says it's the chance of a lifetime. Now you give me that phone. Here's George again, Sam. George! Now you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any job, and I don't want to get married, ever, to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what I want to do. And, and you're not going to trick me. And you're... Mary. Mary. George. Oh, Mary, darling. I love you, Mary. Well, well. So George Bailey and Mary Hatch were... Yes, George and Mary were married. And they started off on their honeymoon in Ernestine Bishop's taxi cab. Hey. Where are you two going on this here now honeymoon? We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. A whole week in New York. A whole week in Bermuda. The highest hotel. The oldest champagne. The hottest music. And the prettiest wife. So you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares? That does it. Hey, you know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you yet. Hey, George, there's something funny going on over there. Look. Look over there. At the bank. It looks like a run. Pull over there a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop. Let's go straight to the station. Now, wait a minute. Better see what it is. I'll be right back. George, please. George! back in heaven again, where the superintendent of angels is reviewing the case history of a mortal named George Bailey. Clarence, the apprentice angel, is very eager to depart on his mission to Earth. Poor George Bailey. Oh, he's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once. Now you sit down, Clarence. Sit down. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey is thinking about taking his life. We're not. <clears throat> now, where were we? Oh, yes, George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building and loan, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their savings. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happened? All those people out there. This is a pickle, George. All I know is the bank called our loan an hour ago. I had a hand over all our cash. Holy mackerel! Whole town's gone crazy. The bank's in the same spot we are. Our charter, too. W what about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay open till 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we don't. Uh, how can we stay open till 6 without any money? George, w where are you going? Out to talk to those people. Come on. Where's our money? Where's our money? Come on. Let us in. We want to know what's going on. We need some answers. Come on. Come on. Give us our money. Now listen, folks. Just a minute, please. How about our money, George? Where's our money? Wait a minute now. Listen to me. Now, 
You're thinking of this place all wrong. Your money's not here. What? 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 what are you talking about? Your money's in people's houses. In the Kennedy house. And the McLaren house. And your house. And a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do? Foreclose on them? I got $240 in shares. Now let me have it. All right. All right, Charlie. You'll get your money in 60 days. 60 now look, that, that's what you agreed on when you bought your shares. Well, I got my money. Old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll give you 50 cents on every dollar. 50 cents on every dollar? Let's take our shares to Potter. Wait a minute, wait a minute, please folks. I beg of you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, he'll be owning this building alone. He's got the bank. He's got the bus line. He's got the department stores. And now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this thing all right, but we've got to stick together. We've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work. We need money. I got doctor bills to pay. I can't feed my kids on faith. Yeah, me too. What How much do you need? We've still got some money. Hey, Mary! Here it is, George. You told me to hold on to it. Would have made a nice honeymoon. Bought furniture, too. Wait a minute, folks. Listen, I, I got $2,000. All right, Charlie, how much do you need? $240. Now, Tom, just enough to tide you over. I said $240. Okay, okay. Uncle Billy, give Tom $240. All right, Ed, how much just to get by? $20, I suppose. Now you're talking. Mrs. Thompson, how about you? $20 will do me. Good, $20. Uncle Billy, pay it back when you can now. All right, all right, who's next? Look at the clock. Look. Five seconds, four seconds, three, two, one... Six o'clock, we made it! Lock that door, Eustace, quick. Boy, we're still in business, Uncle Billy. We even got two bucks left. George, there's a call for you. Okay, and then call my wife, will you? She's probably over at Mother's. Mrs. Bailey's on the line. I don't want Mrs. Bailey. I want my wife. Mrs. Bailey... That's my wife. Give me the phone, will you? Hey, Mary. Listen, I'm sorry. Come home? What home? 323 Sycamore. Well, whose home is that? Well, Mary, how can I... Sure, I'll be there. Clarence, guess where 323 Sycamore was. His mother-in-law's house, huh? Oh, no. Number 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house. The one George threw rocks at it and made wishes. Yes, sir, that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when old man Potter asked George to stop by his office. Sit down, George. Um, have a cigar? Thank you, sir. Now, George, you're a young man, married, making, say, $40 a week at the building and loan. Forty-five. Forty-five. Now. If you were an ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. 
He hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born. But he's trapped. Trapped into frittering his life away playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who's licked me. George, I want to hire you, manage my affairs. I'll start you off at $20,000. $20,000 a year? Are you sure you're talking to me? I'm George Bailey. Don't you remember me? The building and loan, remember? Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just come in, providing he has brains enough to climb aboard. Well, what about the building and loan? Confound it, man! I'm offering you a three-year contract at $20,000 a year. Is it a deal or isn't it? No. No. The answer's no. Doggone it. If you offered me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the answer'd still be no. Now, let me alone. Don't bother. George, what did Mr. Potter want? Oh, it was nothing. He just wanted to talk. Talk? Ah, gee. Mary Hatch, why? Why in the world did you marry a guy like me anyway? To keep from being an old maid. I was going to see the world. I was going to build things. I was going to give you the moon. What have I given you? What have I given you? Not even a new dress. Not for months. Gee whiz, I, I feel awful. So do I. Mornings especially. You could have married Sam Wainwright or anybody else in town. I didn't want to marry anybody else in town. I want my baby to look like you. You didn't even have a honeymoon. And I promised you that. You... You... You're what? My baby. You... You mean... Mary, you mean you're on the nest? Mary had her baby, a boy. You don't say. Then she had another one, a girl. Well, what do you know? Night after night, George had come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building and loan. Potter was really bearing down on him. Then came the war. Mary had another baby by then. Oh. But she still had time to help out at the USO. Uncle Billy sold war bonds, and George's brother Harry became a real hero, shot down 15 planes. But George? What about George? Uh, George was 4F on account of his ear. He was an air raid warden. On VE Day, he wept and prayed. And on VJ Day, he wept and prayed again. We're, uh, we're getting pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You now know almost everything you have to know about George Bailey. Except what happened that finds him down there at this moment, wanting to die. Well, sir? Well? Today's the day before Christmas, uh, Earth time. George is pretty excited. Hey, Tilly, Eustace, look at the newspaper. 
Commander Harry Bailey decorated by the President. That's my kid brother, the Congressional Medal of Honor. Gosh, George, gosh! What do you think about that? Fifteen enemy planes, and the last one he got was just about to dive into a transport loaded with soldiers. You know what that means. He saved lives. Hundreds of lives. Gee whiz, where's Uncle Billy? He's gone to the bank, George. Deposited that $8,000. Good, good. Who's that in his office there? It's that man again, the bank examiner. Uh-oh. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Carter. Hey, Tilly, get the books for Mr. Carter, will you? You know, that's my brother's picture there, Mr. Carter. He shot down 15 planes. One of them. Well, well. Mr. Henry F. Potter comes to the bank to deposit some more loot, eh? Out of my way, you old fool. How'd you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Let me see that newspaper. Here. Sorry I can't chat, you old thief. Gotta make a deposit. Eh, here you are, Horace. Deposit slip, bank book, and a very Merry Christmas to you. You too, Mr. Bailey. Say, you've forgotten something, haven't you? Horace, I've forgotten things all my life. Get a wheel on, boy. But, Mr. Bailey, where's the money? What's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, certainly I want to. Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone? Where did I put it? Where did I put that money? A terrible thing, Clarence. Terrible. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000 was folded up in that newspaper he gave to old man Potter. I just don't know what happened to it, George. I just don't know. $8,000, Uncle Billy. The bank examiner's here, and it's, it's, it's not our money. It belongs to the depositors. George, what are we going to do? We've traced every step I took. We can't stand here in the street. Are you sure you didn't put the envelope in your pocket? Uh, uh, I think so. Maybe, maybe. I'm no good to you, George. I'm no good. Now listen to me. Think. Think, will you? Now try and think. I can't think anymore, George. I can't think anymore. It hurts. Where's that money, you silly old fool? You know what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now get out of my way. I'm going home. George, dear, what's wrong? You haven't said a word since you came home. With that banging on the piano, does she have to keep playing that same song over and over and over again? I have to practice for the Christmas party, Daddy. What is it, dear? Another hectic day? Yeah, yeah, another red-letter day for the Baileys. Dad, the Murphy's got a brand new car. You should see it. What's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? I'm sorry, Daddy. I only... Run upstairs, Petey, and see if Zuzu's all right. Okay, Mom. Now, what do you mean, see if Zuzu's all right? What do you mean? Oh, she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat. Well, what is it? What do you mean, just a cold? George, the doctor says it's nothing serious. The doctor? Was there a doctor here? Well, I thought he'd better look at her. It's this drafty old house. It's no wonder we don't all have pneumonia. Might as well be living in a refrigerator. 
Why do we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's happened? Everything's happened. You call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? Daddy, do you know how to spell frankincense? I don't know how to spell it. Ask your mother. Where are you going? Upstairs to see Zuzu. Hello? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Zuzu's school teacher. What? Oh, yeah, the doctor says she'll be fine tomorrow. Here, give me that phone. George, please. Mrs. Welsh, this is Mr. Bailey. Say, what kind of teacher are you anyway? What do you mean sending Zuzu home like that, half naked? Do you realize she'll probably end up with pneumonia because of your stupidity? You know, maybe my kids aren't the best dressed kids in town, but at least... Hello? Hello? Janie, will you stop playing that lousy piano? Now cut it out! Stop it! George, for heaven's sake, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry, Mary. Janie, I'm sorry. I, I've just got to get out of here. So, that's it, George. Your short $8,000 in your accounts, huh? Please, Mr. Potter. I'll pay any sort of bonus if you still want the building alone. Why, you I... You say it was lost? Have you notified the police? No, sir, I haven't done that yet. Harry's homecoming tomorrow. Why come to me? What about your good friend Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral? Yes, sir. I have some life insurance here. A $15,000 policy. Hmm. What's your equity in it? $500. And you want 8000 You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man? Crawling on your hands and knees for help? Why don't you go to that riffraff that you love so well? Ask them for help. I'll do anything, Mr. Potter. Please. Please, help me. My wife and kids. I'm calling the district attorney. Five hundred dollars? You know something, George? You're worth more dead than you are alive. Now, get out of here. Get out. And all the time, Potter had the $8,000 in his desk drawer. It's still there, Clarence. But where is George, sir? Where? Well, he went over to Martini's, had a couple of drinks, Clarence, just standing there, sort of in a daze. Oh, God. God. Dear Father in Heaven, I'm not a praying man. But if you're up there, and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. Mr. Bailey, you all right? Don't drink any more, Mr. Bailey, please. You don't feel good. Bailey? You said Bailey? Which Bailey? This gentleman is Mr. Bailey. George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? And the next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. It isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You gotta ball her out. You got to get out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit my best friend. Get out. All right, I'm gone. Mr. Bailey, you okay? 
Who is that? A Mr. Welch, but don't worry. He don't come in this place no more. I get something for your face. It's bleeding. No, I'm, I'm all right. But please don't go, Mr. Bailey. Leave me alone. No, please. Don't go this way, Mr. Bailey. Let me alone. Well, George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now, on the bridge, looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence? All ready, sir. Very well. Save George Bailey's life and you'll get your wings. My wings? Oh, thank you, Joseph. Uh, George? George Bailey? Get away from that bridge. Do you hear me? George! George! Numb with despair, convinced, as Mr. Potter said, that he's worth more dead than alive, George Bailey stands on a bridge staring at the dark and frigid waters below. Suddenly there's a splash. Help! Help! I'm drowning! Oh, help! No, that's not George. It's Clarence the Apprentice Angel. And there goes George in after him. It's a few minutes later now. And in the bridgekeeper's shack, George and Clarence are drying off. You both sure you're all right? Want a doctor? No, I'm all right. Oh, I'm fine. This underwear, I didn't have time to get anything more stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I passed away in it. You... you what, mister? Oh, I see Tom Sawyer's drying out, too. Who? My book. I left in such a hurry, I brought Tom Sawyer with me. How'd you happen to fall in? Oh, I jumped in. I jumped in to save you. Jumped in to save me? Well, I... I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Hey, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah. It's against the law where I come from, too. Where do you come from? Heaven. Oh, that's very funny. Very, very funny. Your lips bleeding. Yeah, I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer. Oh, no, George. I'm the answer to your prayer. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. Who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody. A.S. 2. Oddbody. A.S. 2. What's that A.S. 2 for? Angel, second class. Hey, I'm getting out of here. You may not need a doctor, but I do. Cheerio, my good woman. Hey, look here. Why'd you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, you look like about the kind of angel I'd get. What happened to your wings? I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Oh, I see. But you can help me earn them, George, by letting me help you. Oh, uh-huh. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you? Oh, no, no. We don't use money in heaven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. Comes in pretty handy down here, Bob. Oh, tut, tut, tut. Of course, I found it out a little late. You know, I'm worth more dead than alive. You mustn't talk like that. 
Joseph will never give me my wings if you keep feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for your folks. Why, if it hadn't been for you... Yeah, if it hadn't been for me, everybody'd be better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. Oh, this is not going to be easy. They'd all have been better off if I hadn't been born. What did you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. George, that's wonderful. Wonderful? What? The idea you just gave me. You got your wish. You've never been born. I've never been born? Exactly. No worries? No $8,000 to get? Nothing. You simply don't exist. All right. All right. Okay. All right. George, I can do things. Strange things. I can show you the world, George. The way it would be if you had not been born. Hey, hey, wait a minute. This ear of mine. Say something else in that bad ear. You don't have a bad ear anymore. Oh, I don't think you're concentrating. Don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. You're, well, you're nobody. Well, that's the doggondest thing. That ear. Your lips stopped bleeding too, George. Yeah. Yeah. Say, what's happening around here? What is this anyway? I, I need a drink. That's what I need. What about you, Angel? You, you want a drink? Well, I don't quite know. Come on. Come on, we'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. Our clothes are dry, George. Hey, so they are. That's funny. Well, look, let's get dressed and we'll stroll over to Martini's and then... Oh, excuse me. I meant I'll stroll. You fly. Ha! No, no. I don't have my wings. You don't have your wings yet. That's right, I forgot that again. Couple of drinks and we'll both fly. What do you have, fellas? Hey, where's the boss? Where's Martini? Look, wise guy. I'm the boss, see? Okay, well, double scotch. Quick, will you? What's yours? I would just love some mulled wine. Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the cloves. Off with you, my lad, and lively now. Now cut it out. Oh, come on here. Just give him the same as my order. He's okay. <laughs> Two double scotches. What about this place? It's all changed. All of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Oh, there will be lots of things you've never seen before. Oh, good. Somebody's just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, it means some angel's got his wings. What did you say? Uh... Look, uh, Clarence, I, I don't think you'd better talk about angels around here. Don't they believe in angels? Well, yeah, they believe in them, but, you know, it's just, uh... Then why should they be surprised when they see one? Don't mind him, bartender. He's just a little fella that never grew up. How old are you anyway, Clarence? Well, next May I'll be 293. That does it. A couple of pixies, eh? Go get, you hear me? Get! Look, where's Martini? Will you call him? Stop asking about Martini. He ain't here, and he... Hey, you, Rummy, 
didn't I tell you never to come panhandling around here? George, look. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower, listen, Mr. Gower, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. You, you buy me a drink, mister? Just one drink, will you, mister? Pinky? Throw the rummy out. Oh, no, no, please. Hey, bartender, that, that's Mr. Gower, the druggist. That rumhead spent 20 years yeah, in Nick. jail for poisoning some kid. If you know him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Pinky, here's two more. Get him out of here. Get up, George. It's a good thing he threw us in this snowbank, huh? Where's Mr. Gower? Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see, you weren't there to stop him from putting poison in that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? Look, tell me, what are you, a hypnotist? George? Well, why am I seeing all these strange things? Don't you understand? It's because you were not born. Then if I wasn't born, who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. What do you mean, no identity? No papers, no cards, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. Zuzu's bell. What? Zuzu's bell. I bought my little girl a bell to hang on the Christmas tree, and I forgot to give it to her, and I, I got it in my... my. It's gone. It's gone, too. Everything is gone. But... You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like if you'd never been born. You're crazy. You're crazy as a bedbug, and, and you're driving me crazy, too. Now look, I'm going home to my wife and family. Do you understand that? And I'm going home alone. Better not leave him alone, Clarence. Keep following Joseph. Him. Oh, I'll stay near him, sir. Poor George. He's seeing Main Street now, the way it would be if he hadn't lived. The thing that really shocked him, sir, is the building and loan office. Know what's there now? A pawn shop. What's he doing, can you see? He's talking to Ernie Bishop, the taxi driver. He wants to go home. You better tang along, Clarence. Oh, I will, sir. I will. Come on, step on it, Ernie. Get me home. I'm off my nut. Where do you live, buddy? Aw, oh, doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff on me. 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore? Yeah, yeah, hurry up. Zuzu's sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, look, Ernie. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm going crazy or something. I've got some bad liquor. Now look, tell me this now. You're Ernestine Bishop, right? And you live with your husband and kid, down in... You seen my husband? Seen your husband? I've been to your house a hundred times. We built it for you, didn't we? Look, bud, my husband took the kid and ran away five years ago. And I ain't seen you before in my life, see? Okay, Ernie, okay. Just step on it. Get me home. Mary, Mary, where are you? Janie, Petey, Zuzu, Zuzu... Where are you? This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife, no children. Where are they? What have you done with them? There you are, Bert. Crazy, just like I told you. All right, up with your hands. Oh, Bert. Bert the cop, thank heaven you're here. 
Now look, why don't you be a good fella and I'll take you to a doctor. Bert, no. Bert, listen to me. What's the matter with you guys? Now listen, it's that fella there. He says he's an angel. He tried to hypnotize me. I hate to use my nightstick, but I guess I... Run, George, run! He can't hit you while I'm biting him! George, run! My teeth aren't what they used to be! Joseph, help! Joseph! Joseph! Where'd they go, Ernie? Where'd they go? I... I don't know. They just disappeared. Clarence? Oh, Joseph. I hope you don't mind my calling on you like I did. It's very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again. Where's George? He's at his mother's house, sir. Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother. Oh, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll just have to find these things out for himself. But his mother! That's a terribly bitter blow to a man, his own mother not knowing him. You mean I shouldn't have let him? I mean, you better find him right away. Oh, and and stop biting the policeman, Clarence. I'm here again, George. My mother. My own mother didn't even know me. If only Harry were here. If my brother were only back from Washington. Your brother fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. That's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George? You really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence. Yes? Where's Mary? Please, where's my wife? I, uh, I'm not supposed to tell. Tell me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? I'll choke it out of you if I have to. Where's my wife? The library. She works there. She's just about to lock up for the night. So I, uh, George... George, come back! Oh, oh, there must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Mary! Mary! I'm sorry. The library is closed. Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? No, I don't know you. Let let me go. Mary, please, don't do this to me. Please, Mary, help me. Where's our kids? I need you, Mary. Help me, Mary. Get away from me! Help! Help! Help me, Mary! Mary, I- I'm George! Ah! Clarence? Oh, where is he, Joseph? Where's George? I'm afraid I've lost him, sir. You knew you shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him. A mob. They think he was trying to hurt her. Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I? You'll have one more chance, Clarence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough. But but the mob! Don't worry. They've lost him, too. Now hurry up. Oh, thanks, Joseph. Thank you. Clarence! Clarence! Clarence, where are you? I'm here, George. 
Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I, I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids, please. I want to live again. Oh, thank you, George. Thank you, Lord. I want to live again, please. Oh, God, please. Let me live again. George, is that you down there, George? Now get out of here, Bert. Get out of here. You get any closer and I'll, I'll let you have it. What the Sam Hill you yelling for, George? Come on. George? George? Bert, do, do you know me? Know you? I've been looking all over town for you. Where you been? Bert! Bert! I'm alive again, Bert! You sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. It is? Hey, my mouth's bleeding. Bert! Zuzu's Christmas bell, Bert. I had it in my pocket. Here it is! Hey, it's in my pocket! What do you know about that? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bert! Well, Merry Christmas. Get in the car, I'll drive you home. You will, Bert? Well, do that and turn the sirens wide open, huh? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Merry Christmas, old building and loan. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Yippee! Come on. Hey, Bert, come on in with me, huh? What? What's with all these people? These reporters, what? Well, Merry Christmas, reporters. Hey, Mr. Bank Examiner, Merry Christmas. Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000, I'll bet, huh? Uh, George, I've got a little paper here. I I'm sorry. I'll bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't that wonderful, Sheriff? Merry Christmas. Hey, where's Mary? Do you know? Oh, look at this wonderful old drafty house. Isn't it what? Where's Mary? Merry Christmas, Daddy. Merry Christmas, Daddy. Kids. Hey, kids. Pete, Janie, Tommy. Oh, I could eat you up. Where's your mother? She went looking for you, Daddy, with Uncle Billy. Daddy! Zuzu? Zuzu, my little ginger snap, how do you feel? Fine, Daddy. Not a smidge of the temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. Hallelujah! George! Darling! It's Mommy! Mommy's home! Mary! Mary! George, darling, where have you been? Oh, George, George, George! Mary! Just let me touch you. Oh, you're real. Oh, you have no idea what's happened to me. You have no idea what's happened either. They're on their way here. Who? Who's on their way? Oh, the police department? The FBI? The National Guard? I'm alive again, Mary. Oh, listen, Mary, I'm, I'm alive again. Oh, yes, darling, yes. Now close your eyes and come on downstairs. What, what is it? Can I open my eyes yet, Mary? What's going on in here? Now keep your eyes closed. I'll just walk you over here by the Christmas tree. There's people. I hear lots of people. What is it? Just one minute now. We're all ready, Uncle Billy. Come in, everybody. Hooray! George, look, just look. Uncle Billy? Money, George. A laundry basket filled with money. Money for you. Mary did it, George. Mary! I don't understand. What money? People heard you were in trouble, darling. These people, your friends, they've collected this money for you. The $8,000. Charlie? Wait, there's Martini. And Mr. Gower. Hey, how are you, Mr. Gower? Mrs. Thompson? Ed? Tom? Everybody. None of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. That's right. Yeah. This is wonderful. Hey, Mary, look. Look who's coming in. Mother, hi. Hi, Mother. Hey, and Harry. I got Mary's telegraph, George. I flew in as fast as I could. Hey, hey, everybody. A toast. How about a toast? Good idea, Ernie. A toast. 
to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Hooray! Daddy, my Christmas bell, you didn't forget. Forget? Here, honey, here's your bell. Darling, what's this on the table here? What's this book? (laughs) The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Well, look, there's something written in it. Dear George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence. Clarence? Yep, he's a very dear friend of mine. Daddy, Mrs. Welsh says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right, Zuzu. That's right. That's right. Attaboy, Clarence. Attaboy, Clarence. Happy landings. Thank you and congratulations, CNY Table Reads, for their take on the holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life. And for us here at the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, it's a wonderful life when we get to see you next week when an old friend enters the stage. Until then, for Jack Ward, I'm David Alt. Thank you and good night. And that's this week's performance for the 2018 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. The Playhouse theme was written and performed by Sharon B. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
From all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we thank all our listeners and creators for making us an award-winning home for four seasons of audio drama and audio fiction.